Hello and welcome to Talk Spooky to Me, the Ghost Story Guys Mail Show. I'm Brennan Storer. I'm Paul Bestall. And this is our chance to hear from you, our listeners. Paul, my friend, how you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. I've survived a weekend of varying quality horror films, but I'm okay. I've made it out the other side. We've not had a storm or floods, and there doesn't seem to be a major issue that I've been involved in this week. So it's been a nice, normal week. Always welcome. They are in my world, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, for my part, no storms, no uh, inclement weather. I was, however, murdered yesterday. Yeah, you're looking good for it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, of course, for our listeners who are wondering what the hell I'm talking about, I mentioned on the last episode I had been cast in a horror short, and we finished shooting yesterday. So I was uh, violently murdered uh, with a knife by my on-screen wife. And I, it, was, it was really cool because I, I had all these uh, gnarly knife wounds on my back. And it looked really cool. I, I've got a photo. I, I probably won't post it to social media because I, I, you know, I mean, it looks gross and some people are very sensitive to that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it was, it was very cool. I, I've kind of always wanted to be killed on screen. Uh, although, you know, I, I, this, is, this is kind of where I want to start because I still want a gnarly death. You know, like a decapitation or, or something along those lines. On screen, to be clear. On screen. Yes. Like the girl in the hitcher. I don't remember how she dies. She's uh, suspended between two trucks that pull her apart. Right, of course. Man, I forgot how dark that movie gets. Never doubt Rutger. Never doubt Rutger. I remember there was one time I actually turned the movie off because I saw a kill coming and I thought, nope, no thank you. It was the movie Terrifier. Uh, there is a certain scene, and I'm not going to describe it because no one needs that visual in their head. But I saw where it was going, and I thought, no, he's not going to. And then I realized very quickly, nope, no, he is. And I thought, nope, no, thank you. I do not need that in my life. I turned it off. And, I mean, the film did very well, and the sequel was a, a genuine phenomenon. And uh, I, so I thought, well, maybe I should read about it, right? Maybe I should, you know, because I like horror movies. Uh, so I read a synopsis online, I read a description of the couple of the kills, and I thought, no, no, I was right the first time. I do not need this in my brain. Yes, it is a very divisive series of films. Some people love them, and lots of people absolutely hate them. I fall somewhere in the middle, which is to say I just, uh, eh, I don't need to think about that. Mm. Well, I started watching Terrifier because I thought it was terrified. So I only seen the first 10 minutes because I thought, hang on a minute, everybody's speaking English in this, I was looking for a Spanish <laughs> film. Or a Spanish-speaking film, because obviously Terragantinian, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yes. I quickly, luckily my knowledge of language allowed me to notice within 10 minutes that this was probably the wrong film. It saved you from a deeply unpleasant experience, so you, uh, you, you came out ahead there. Oh, well, I wouldn't know. Have you seen Terrified? Oh, yeah, no, I have. I, I love that movie. <laughs> so, as you guys may have noticed, this is a long episode of Talk Spooky to Me. And that is because we are not doing email, we have a guest. Uh, that guest is Ben James. He is an urban explorer who is known as Places Forgotten on Instagram and TikTok. And he is going to be with us to talk about urban exploration, about the safety and the reasons and what it's like to explore these old hospitals and funeral homes. And yeah, it, it's a very, very cool talk. As you guys will know, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, both Paul and I are very, very interested in this subject. It's a great conversation, and so without any further ado, this is me and Paul talking to Ben James of Places Forgotten. 
Welcome back. As we said before the break, on this episode, we have a very special guest, someone we've been wanting to talk to for a while now. You know him from Instagram and TikTok as Places Forgotten. He is urban explorer extraordinaire Ben James. Ben, welcome to the Ghost Story, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So I am very, very excited to talk to you. I am Urban exploration is something that's always interested me, but I am far too cowardly and heavy to (laughs) brave anywhere that might have compromised flooring. I I guess an obvious question is, where did this start with you? Well, when I was younger, um, everyone was playing sports. Everybody was playing sports. I liked video games and I liked horror films. And I remember being a child and uh, there was a house near me, a very big house, and it was abandoned. And the story goes, you know, there's always a story. I belong to a, a, a brain surgeon who lost his family in horrific accidents and he went mad and he lives in the house. So I was like, well, let's go and see. <laughs> and, uh, and we went and, and he was actually living there, but he was actually a homeless person. And it transpired that the whole story was, was made up. But I think I was 11 or 12. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I went in on my own. My friends were too scared. And uh, I, I think that kind of got me into it. And I thought, right, well, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to play football, or you guys know it is soccer. And I stuck with that. And, and the rest is history. That's fair. I would choose that over football slash soccer, too. Uh, <laughs> choose that over. Yeah, it's a good taste. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> and so your early explorations were mostly UK based, but you've sort of expanded outward quite a bit now, haven't you? Yeah, so I used to, when I started, I did, I did UK and I predominantly just did houses. And I thought they were the best things ever. And when I say houses, I mean houses that, you know, had, still had the clothes in the wardrobe, uh, cereal in the cupboards, you know, where everything was left, literally like uh, witness protection or something had happened. There was, um, and I really liked houses. And and I got known for doing granny houses. That's what people would make fun of me. Oh, Ben, you know, Ben does granny houses, you know, <laughs> dead people's houses. Um, and then I got a bit more into the darker things, and I like medical. And so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm fed up of England. I went to Europe, and now I do Europe and, and, and a lot in the States. And now I do the creepy stuff. So um, now, so creepy stuff, you mean that like the, the hospitals and, and places like that and the funeral homes? Yeah. So, hospitals, funeral homes, asylums, mortuaries. I need to start mixing up my Instagram because 90% of it is funeral homes and more. So I'm thinking people don't just want to see this, but I think people kind of do. I, I think there's a huge appetite for it. I mean, obviously, I mean, you've got what, a million and a half followers on, on TikTok, but there's something about the old medical places, the old hospitals and, and clinics. Mm. They've got this weird, you know, Paul and I talk a lot, or have talked in past about Resident Evil, and they all kind of have oh. that maybe something happened here that, that shouldn't have happened. And odds are, you know, maybe like overbilling if you're in the States. But, but still, it just has that, that air of, of something forbidden about it. I think also because we don't get to see most of those places. You know, we kind of yeah. come, come in for one or two little things, but we don't get to see every, every space. And, and obviously, that's an opportunity you get. There was um, a hospital I did in, in Spain, um, in Madrid, and I can name it because enough people know about it now. And, um, and it was actually an organ transplant hospital. It's actually on my TikTok, a very, very one of the top videos. And that was a huge, huge, huge facility. And that had everything left from, you know, all the equipment, the beds. It even had all the blood samples and everything left. 
that was literally like something out of Resident Evil, you know, in Raccoon City. So um, that was that was amazing. But the hospitals were really, really good. There's one I did in Georgia, and it still had all the magazines in the rack in the waiting room from 2015. And it was like, this is amazing. You know, it had all the x-rays and, and the patient files and the MRI scanner, you know, that I obviously brought over with me. That's what people were saying. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it was just amazing, you know, because a lot of these places are, are kind of locked up. I think they're meant to reopen. They never do. Right. And it's like walking into a, a museum that's off limits to the public. I remember doing a live there, and it, I, I think I had something like 20,000 people on it. It was crazy. Holy I didn't get man. any donations. Nobody bought me a cup of coffee. <laughs> Nobody. But they enjoyed the video, the live, so that's the main thing. Was it the hospital in Spain where you found uh, the autopsy tapes? Yes. Very good memory. I have one of them in my apartment here. What I did, a lot of people are saying, oh, you shouldn't take stuff. There was a ton of tapes, and I thought, I want to see what's on here. So I took one of the tapes and I got it developed in England and it had the, the autopsy on it. And I remember going to pick up the tape and the guy, the guy was like, where did you get this? And I said, oh, I found it in an abandoned hospital. And there was about a hundred of them. And, and it was very interesting. The guy didn't, he, he was glad it was gone from the shop. <laughs> That's fair. So, but no, it was, it was interesting. It was good to see. Because I, I think the tape was from like 1994. It's mad to me that something like that would be left. There's a lot left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, as organs in some of the videos I saw on your TikTok, you found actual organs. Yes. Yeah. That's been a few times. I'd like to say that was uncommon, but the the morgue in Paris has actually gone now, so I can talk about that. That had that had bones left, and it had liver and lungs in jars. Jesus, uh, from 1986, I think. And again, a lot of people say, "Oh, this is fake. This is fake." It's like it's really not. I don't do YouTube. I haven't got a video up with a you know a big red arrow saying shock <laughs> face. No disrespect. I, I, I've got a lot of YouTube friends. No disrespect. It's, it's a running joke. And there was I, I we went in there before lockdown, and and we still went into the lab. We had to go and buy the basement. And there was a brain on the side. And we're like, okay. <laughs> you know? Sure. So, and we went back two years later, and, and it was still there. Everything was still there, like the bones and, and the brain. And, um, yeah, that's happened a couple of times with organs and stuff. In the, in the Spanish hospital, there was um, lungs in a case. If I remember right, on one memorable occasion, you found a full-on body. Yeah, that was in a that was that was actually in the newspaper, not because of me. Basically, yeah, we found it afterwards, and I thought that would have been good to know. We uh, <laughs> we did a we we did a uh, we don't have funeral homes in England, but it was a mortuary. And what happened is the mortuary had closed, and they'd they'd moved to a different an updated one. <laughs> and uh, poor lady, <laughs> I think the family found it funny in the end. They they'd forgotten their mum's body. And I think the family presumed the family lived overseas. Thought, oh yeah, you know, it's, they didn't know the morgue had closed, and and the woman <laughs> had, had ended up being in this in this fridge for I think two and a half years. Yeah, so oh, it man. was uh, that was very different. That was very different. But the, the family actually reached out to me after, and they 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 were actually found the whole thing. They were very very good about it. They said, you know what, Mum would have found this hilarious. So that's why <laughs> I can kind of laugh about it because they they were really fun. But yeah, that was that was interesting. But there's other people, you know, there's uh, other people in, in, in people I know in Flint, Michigan, they found a, a body in a funeral home 
the, the person had come to service the, the lift, the elevator, and it had killed him. And they went in to explore it, and he was dead under the lift. Oh, my God. So, yeah. It's, it's incredible that someone would go to a place, not come back, and not... Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, I, I made a joke with him. I said, at least he didn't have very far to go, you know. <laughs> already in funeral. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Do you think that um, people find it very difficult to comprehend when, they, when you share this content, Ben, and your explorations? Because, mm. like you've, you, you've referred to there, and we were, we were chatting earlier, we don't have that kind of concept of a funeral home where it's all set out and it's, it's business is, is dealing with the dead. No, no. In, in England, we only have like co-op and we have mortuaries, but we don't have funeral homes, which is so disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. Um, I, think, I think people do. And I think some people love to see it because they don't want to go themselves, but they can see it through someone else's eyes. But then it comes with criticism. You know, you get a lot of, a lot of hatred for doing this. Well. You get a lot of people messaging you, how dare you, it's disrespectful. But I think, well, you're going and you're just going to document it. Where's the disrespect, you know, really? Surely the you disrespect know. is on the establishment for leaving everything behind and, and treating these people with such disdain because, as we've said, there's clearly no respect because we always think about patient confidentiality and, as you mentioned there, treating the dead with respect and yeah. looking after bodies. And mm. yourself and others have, have proved that this clearly doesn't go on. Would you, when you're doing the explorations around the States, do you think that's something because... Sometimes establishments or businesses will think it's it's cheaper just to close up shop and move somewhere else than it is to redevelop or knock something down. Yeah, that's that's really interesting actually. I think it's a mixture of things. I think the first thing is when when some place is shut, it's in a in a hurry. And uh people will think, Oh well it's someone else's issue, someone else's issue. Oh, the caretaker will do it and the caretaker doesn't do it, or the caretaker retires or passes away. And I think another side of it is, especially with the hospitals, they probably close, let's say for funding, and think, oh, we'll, we'll reopen in a month. And it never happens. And then what are you going to do? Are you really going to go back? You're, you, know, you're, you don't work there anymore. Why do you care? You know? And I can't really complain because um, yeah, I can say, oh, it's really bad all the stuff's left. But to be honest, I, I think some of the stuff I find and have found is amazing. I did a hospital outside of Washington, and that had a, a room with thousands of them on thousands of autopsy certificates from infants and that's on my tiktok and that was and when i say autopsy certificates i'm talking full-on graphic detailed reports with photos and everything and i actually there were thousands of them i have one framed in my kitchen <laughs> um yeah you know i it, yes to an extent yes it's bad you know there's all these autopsy certificates with names on from the 80s 90s but uh, it sounds maybe a bit selfish, but it, it creates a lot of interest. People want to see that. You know, what they rather see me go into an empty room or, hey, look, we're going to this room. Look at all the stuff we found. It sounds a bit selfish and maybe a bit um, rude of me to say that, but I kind of get a real buzz on what I find. So I, I, I do like it. Hey, that's fair. I, I'm curious. Is that sort of an accepted thing within the Urbex community, you know, taking uh is obviously as you say there's thousands of these autopsy reports is that is that considered uh an okay thing to do is that common or is that um, borderline you know what the majority of people would say no and a lot of people would say oh you know um tape from the spanish hospital you know why would you take that you shouldn't take things okay but it's a tape 
there was a hundred tapes. No one's going to know tape. And for example, the autopsy certificate, you know, someone could say, oh, you, you should, you'll ruin it for others. Let's say there was two of them or three or whatever. Yeah, taking one would make a difference. But when you've got a room with thousands of them, no one's going to know just one. And it's not like you're taking it for really personal gain. It's, it's in a frame in my kitchen. And I admire it every day while I make my coffee. So um, for me, it was just a very interesting thing. And I treat it with respect. So no, um, I, I wouldn't encourage taking things because to an extent, it is going to ruin things for others. But it's like, um, you know, having a field of sunflowers. If there's sounds of them, you want to take one home for a vase. Is anyone really going to notice? No. But then again, you could say, well, if a thousand people took one, then it's different. But I don't think a thousand people know where these places are, so that wouldn't happen. Um, and, and also, I think eventually you've got to think these places are going to be emptied out one day anyway. This stuff is going to be destroyed. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be there forever. I think that's one of the really beautiful things about what you do is, is mm. you, f you capture these moments in time because really yes. some of these places quite literally are moments in time. They were, you know, you have stories on your TikTok of places that were mm. abandoned. Yeah. One day, you know, uh, there are funeral homes where pe the owner just went off the deep end psychologically yep. and, and just never came back. And I, if I'm not mistaken, there, there was more than one funeral home where that was the case. Yeah. The funeral homes are, are, are weird. There was the morgue we just spoke about with certificates, I think the, the really weird thing is that still had the calendar up. And that was from, I think, four days before 9-11. The calendar was on the wall. And it's like, wow, that is really eerie. But yeah, a lot of the funeral homes, um, family run. And uh, generally, you've got embezzlement, fraud, uh, mental illness that has caused them to close. Um, you speak to the neighbors, you speak to family members, and you generally find the reason for it. Because a lot of these businesses are very profitable, and then something goes wrong and they close. And you think, well, what's the reason for that? I did, I did a funeral home recently in the Carolinas. I haven't posted it yet. And um, that's how I had all the hearses and all the caskets, and it still had the keys hanging up in the office for the hearses, and about 25 boxes of human cremains. And uh, still the, the, the whiteboard with the names on of the bodies they're taking today from 2015. So you think, well, what, what happened one day? With the, what, you know, why didn't they come back to work? And then you, you kind of do your investigation and you find out the backstory. I'm curious, is the investigation, is that a common thing for urban explorers to do? Because I, I'm, although I'm not deeply familiar with the field, I know a handful of them mm -hmm. and I, I don't see other people doing that. So is that, is that usual or, or is, am I just um, finding the people who don't? I think some YouTubers do. A good YouTuber, a friend of mine, Carter, Big Banks on YouTube. Um, he, he does a lot of research. You've got another guy, Jeremy, um, another good YouTuber, you know, a lot of them will put in the work because people will ask. What's the story with it? And they want to be able to tell a story. But I think some people will just say, oh, abandoned funeral home. But I like to kind of go into the reason of, okay, this is what happened. And I think it just makes it a bit more interesting for people as well. It's like you want to know the plot of a book or you want to know the plot of a film before you see it. Here it is. And, and then people, I, I just think that they enjoy that a bit more. I, I mean, I found it definitely added context and it, it, it made it more significant than just you know, video after video of empty places, because I, yes. I, I think after a while, yeah, you're just looking at empty places. I mean, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I was actually saying this to someone last night. We have an upper limit for pure wonder. Yes. And I think, you know, after a while, you just it just becomes samey. But if you've got something to engage with, 
I think it makes it much more, um, much more memorable. It does. It does. Like you said to me, oh, this, this funeral home with the, the mental illness. And I, I kind of can think of the one that you were telling me, you know, people have like a reference point to go to. And it's like books on a shelf. It's, you know, oh, that is the book with this plot or that plot. And you kind of categorize it in your head. So. How do you choose the locations that you, you visit, Ben? Do you do any sort of recce in regards to a specific state in the US? Or is it a kind of word on the street that people say, oh, this property is supposed to be really interesting? Or is it often just pure chance and you stumble across something? You know what? Stumble across. I always find it funny when you see like a newspaper article and it's like, photographer stumbles across this morgue <laughs> and it's like you didn't stumble across it you went there to take pictures yeah <laughs> you know nobody stumbled but no to be fair you can you can especially in the states you can do a lot of driving and you could i, I found places just driving past checked it out and uh, and i've done it in, in in europe and i'm like oh wow this is a this is mortuary or this is an asylum so admittedly yeah there is some research that goes into it but the community is very big i've got some good friends in it and i and i'm given help as well and people will, I've got a friend of mine, um, Eric, who his job, he's a courier, and he'll drive around, he'll go around all day and he'll just stumble across places, stumble on using that word, and, <laughs> and he'll go and he'll check it out. And then, um, or other places, people will find things on Google Maps. I found stuff, I mean, it's very easy. Let's say, I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say you're in Toronto, okay? Put in Google, closed funeral home, Toronto. And chances are, or closed diner, closed hospital, you'll find an article Okay, brilliant. Let's pin it on that. Okay, that looks quite over. Go and drive and have a look at it. It's as simple as that. So uh, some research, um, some places you do randomly come across, but a lot of it is just putting a bit of time in. And there's a lot out there to be found, like more than people realize. Is there a lot of competition within the community to find new new spots? It's like school. Absolutely. (laughs) You've got people that want to... Find the best spots. They want to be the first in. They want to be the first to post. They want to be the only person to post. Yes, it's very competitive, especially around YouTube. Yeah, because I can get it. I can get it. People want the better pictures. They want They want to go to a place. Like, for example, um, there was a funeral home I did, and this, this is gone as well, so I can talk about this in Orangeburg um, in, in the Carolinas. And when I went, it was amazing. It had all the cars and... Um, Everything was left, but then the week before, there was a room full of caskets, like 20, 30 caskets. When I went, they were gone. I think somebody took them. But then it's a case of, oh, well, when I went, it had the caskets. So it is that bit of competition. It's like, oh, that's cool. Sometimes there's that bit of um, not jealousy, but thinking, oh, I would have liked to see it like that. But then you think, well, I'm lucky to see it anywhere it is. So, yeah, there is, there is competition in every aspect of the hobby, unfortunately. But I think it would be like that in any hobby, you know, even if you're in bird watching or something. Yeah, or podcasting. I mean, there's... Uh, there we are. <laughs> Have you ever kind of stumbled... I've said it again, that word. It's okay, we're, we're doing the trend now. <laughs> Have you ever come across anything like the famous footage from the, the guys in Australia who went into that dilapidated funfair and there was a, a shark in formaldehyde in a tank? Oh. That was in Australia. Yeah, that was in the old sea world, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. I mean, look, what have I found? I found brains, organs, bones, death certificates, chemicals, human remains. I, that's as bad as far as I've found. Um, 
I mean, when you do houses, there's all the personal effects, you know, even, even all the family photos, wedding photos. I never understand why people don't hate wedding photos, false teeth, stuff like that. But no, I never found a shark. Like the most <laughs> stuff I found is in the funeral homes. Um, but, you know, even I, I did a funeral home in, in the Carolinas and that still had um, the jewelry from the, the dead people, you know, the, the gold and, right. and the pearls and everything. But no, that one in Australia... I think that shark got rescued. Yeah, they, they did. A, I think they crowdfunded it and got it got it rescued yeah. and, and repaired because um, it was leaking. <laughs> yeah, so no, I've never found anything like that. I did find a human skull in a box in a funeral home. Like, that was obviously X display. But um, nothing as big as the shark, unfortunately. Would be nice. Maybe. You never know what you'll find. I, I think, once again, it's one of those things that we just presume if somebody leaves a house or something, Ben, that they do take everything. But as, as we've mentioned here, I was walking to my local shops from where I live. You know, I live in Sheffield city centre and I walked through this little, this little general on my way there. And there was a big skip that just appeared one particular day and they were obviously clearing a house out. And then the following day when I went past on top of it was an urn. So it was clearly somebody's ashes that it was in a big decorative box. Like, they, you know, this was obviously like a couple of feet tall. It was all beautifully decorated. It said R.I.P. Ken on it and had lovely pictures. Yeah. And you just think, well, does nobody in the family want this? Or it, it, once again, I think we always presume that if when somebody passes, there's going to be a member of the family behind. But often these places get left because there isn't that follow on and it's just left. Mm-hmm. Um, th- no family. Yeah, so obviously I've no family, maybe had a falling out with the family, family lives overseas. I mean, the amount of funeral homes I've been in with boxes of human remains. And a lot of funeral directors reach out to me and they're like, it happens all the time. They just don't come back for the ashes or there's no one to collect. I mean, that's sad about Ken in the skip. You know, somebody could have thrown him out by the river at least. But no, it, it, it happens a lot. Um, when you do this hobby, you think, you know, why doesn't, like, like, like I said, the wedding photos graduation albums, wedding rings. Why does nobody want this? Why are you not taking this all with you? I, I did a house in, in England a couple of years ago, and I still remember it was really weird. The upstairs child's bedroom, by the window, like four boxes of pet remains, you know, the cats and the dogs. And I think, why wouldn't you have taken those? It was the weirdest thing. Because, you know, animals are family. Yeah. So... I was really surprised to know that places like this exist in the UK. You know, we sort of don't like we associate places like like here like Canada and the US with lots mm. of wide open space that you can just not use but i always assumed that you know in the UK there was a lot more you know th- this kind of thing just couldn't or wouldn't happen or is less likely to happen because of the 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 fact that space is at a premium so that that was really educational for me learning that from your from your back catalog that no that's <laughs> a thing oh yeah i mean people still do houses all the time in the UK. I see it on Facebook, and I, I, I don't, I'm not really interested in them now because it's, you know, I, I like other things. But um, yeah, like um, all the time, like full on closets full of clothes, and like I said, wedding albums. We, I, I did a house with my friend actually about a year ago, and it was really weird. It was um, an old lady had lived there, and she didn't have electricity. She was running the house with oil lamps. And that had in the, in the bedroom all the albums from the war and everything and her late husband's war memorabilia. And I thought, wow, this is literally like a museum. And uh, 
And that was really weird because I did the research and she had no family and yet she owned the house. And yet now the house has been re it's had work on it and another family living there. And I thought, but how did they get the house? Because they, you know, who did she leave it to? So it's, it's weird. Mm. Well, we had a very similar and strange thing here in Sheffield. We had a sort of state of the art hotel open in the 1960s called Hallam Towers, Mm -hmm. Ben. Sure. And, um, that just closed up in 2004. That is, mm-hmm. that is one of those examples that we've mentioned. The company just locked the, locked the building up and they transferred mm-hmm. a lot of the staff to another hotel that they'd opened in, in Sheffield City Centre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of bounced around people buying it and, and moving from one company to the other. It's only just been redeveloped after 18 years, but that was, was like a, a mirror into sort of 60s high chic hotel design because it it was all still beautifully decorated it eventually became quite dilapidated and unfortunately um somebody lost their life in there because Mm -hmm. they they fell through a a banister but i think they were they were drunk when they sort of braved it um which is never a good idea really and so it was one of those things that until this chap had passed away i'd lived within a mile of this building i didn't even know it was abandoned and you can see you can see it on the skyline you can see it now from where i am if i go outside i can look to that towards the hill in broom hill and you can see it but we just always assumed it was probably part of the university or something the fact that it was a sure. an abandoned built massive building you know we're talking like 25 floors grand staircase yeah beautiful oak paneled lifts all the original carpeting fixtures all the tables oh, and everything i'd like to see that there at the bar area and all that it was all beautifully decorated just left and it was just sat there for so long even though people owned it ben they just kind of thought oh well we'll get around to it yeah but that happens that happens more and more even with the houses even if they are left to the family and they're falling apart the family don't even want to sell them they're not bothered and then you think why wouldn't you at least sell it let somebody else have it you know more money than sense i think it's a problem i wish i had (laughs) Oh, wouldn't that be great for them, Dad? Yes, sir. <laughs> Going back to houses, there was a house that you've got on TikTok with a bunch of dolls in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Banished dolls house. Yeah. So that was Spain? That was in Spain. And I, you, mentioned, and I've, you mentioned something that there's like all these legends have kind of grown up around the place in terms of uh, like they Max believe that the house. house. The house. Yeah, amazing. One of the best houses. I say I don't really like houses. That was an oh, that was that was really an exception. I mean, I don't know if you saw the video, but that had um, thousands upon thousands upon thousands, no, probably a couple of thousand uh, dolls there. Really, that many? Wow. Um, every room was floor to ceiling. It was amazing, and the lady was a collector. The story went that she she lost her children and her husband, and uh, she collected the dolls to cope with her grief. And soon enough, she had a house full of dolls, and she, she died in, I think, 2017, and the house has just been left. Uh, and it's slowly falling apart. The ceilings are collapsing, and, and the neighbors say that if anybody goes in the house and removes a doll, you'll be cursed. <laughs> So, uh, that's why all the dolls have stayed. Interesting. <laughs> I, I like. I just love that. It's so instructive on how these things start, like how urban legends and how you know these sort of like like the island of the dolls in Mexico. I mean, that's sort of a famously mm-hmm. haunted location. 
but I, I think a lot yeah. of it's just that people think dolls are creepy. So, you know, the, the legend grows up around the, the true events as opposed to there being something actually, you know, creepy there. Yeah, that was amazing. And some of the dolls, uh, you, you could wind them up. And they would they would dance and play the tunes, and it was the weirdest thing. It was like something out of like a Stephen King novel. <laughs> we have uh, we have some questions from our patrons for a little bit later, uh, and there is one that sort of relates a little bit to the dollhouse in, in terms of like the creepiest thing you've seen. But we'll we'll wait till uh, till the sure. end for that. Another house I was curious about uh, because I didn't quite grasp what was happening in the story was um, a house in Delaware that you were told belonged to the serial killer Stephen Pinnell. Stephen Pennell. Pennell, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that story? So um, that was a couple of years ago. I, I did a diner, and I was, I was given the house. Um, house was amazing, wide open. Um, every room was furnished, but it was so much nice decay. And it had upstairs in one of the bedrooms all the dolls, and, and everything was, was as it was left. It still had three cars in the, uh, in the yard. Filmed it. And it had all the family photos. And as I was leaving, um, there was a neighbor outside and uh, a sheriff's car. And I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen? And, and the sheriff was really nice. And the neighbor was nice. And they said, look, we don't mind you going in, but do you know who, who lived here? And I said, well, no, I just thought it was a house. And they said it was uh, Stephen Pennell. And I thought, don't know who that is. And they said, oh, he, he killed a bunch of women in his van, and that was one of his houses. And I had to Google it because, you know, it wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy or, you know, um, anyone like that. And, and it turned out that the guy lived in Delaware. He had a van, and that was his house after he separated. And, um, and he killed women in quite a gruesome way. And then if you look back on the photos, you can see there's a, a picture of the guy when he was a bit younger on the, on the mantle. Um, that was actually one of my first big videos that took off. Um, and there's a few articles in the newspaper about that. So that was, um, yeah, that was amazing. I still have requests now, people saying, oh, can you, can you go back you know, where the house is? I want to get some memorabilia. And I don't, I don't give random people places, but I think that place, people would have taken, you know, the drinking glasses or something from there. But that was amazing. Like the, the room upstairs with the dolls and everything, that was really creepy. But I got a lot of stick for that. People saying, oh, it's not abandoned. It's like you can see the ceilings. There was a, a clean toilet. I remember when I was in there, I, got, I undid a toilet paper to, to clean, clean my lens. And people were adamant, oh, there's a clean toilet paper on the side. Somebody's living there. That's like, this, it's got no windows. Nobody's living in here. So, uh, but no, that was, that was amazing. Hmm. Pennell was a bit of a character, wasn't he? Yeah, very... when you read into it, it was an amazing story. Yeah. When they arrested him, he said he wanted the death penalty. Yeah, yeah, he just got straight to business. Yeah, yeah, and he wouldn't tell them why he'd done it or what he'd done it for. He just said, "Yeah, I've done it. Kill me." I, I think there were more bodies that they ne that they suspected that they never found. But that's with like the Green River Killer and stuff. I don't think we'll ever know. You mentioned police, and I'm curious. I know again, I've heard you talk about this in other interviews that your your experience yeah. with the police sort of it, it seems to vary. It obviously varies country to country, but it, I was actually surprised yeah. that it wasn't as severe in the U.S. as it has been in other places. Or, or is that not the case? Yeah, just just don't do it in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> just Pennsylvania just sucks. No. Um, <laughs> well, the, the issue we have is in, in England, trespass is not a criminal matter. It's a civil matter. 
Um, so if police come, they'll just ask you to leave. Whereas in America, obviously, trespassing is a, I don't think it's a felony, but it's, it's an offense. So the issue you have it when it helps because I'm from England, because I can say, oh, I didn't know, you know, in, in England, it's not an issue. But um, I had police come in New Jersey and the, the guy actually followed me on Instagram. He was he was like, just get your pictures and just you shouldn't really be in there. But just and he, he followed me and then he left me on my way. In Spain, I was at a medical uh, hospital and I had I got a picture of it, actually. Uh, something like 12 police turned up and they were mad. <laughs> and they probably thought it was foreigners, you know, stupid non-speaking English person coming in. And and they were okay, but that was quite scary because there was literally 12 of them. Um, and then as regards to the States, me and some friends, we, we did a house. You know, I knew I shouldn't have done the house because with houses, you, you always have issues. And it was in Pennsylvania. And my friend said, oh, we'll do a house. I said, oh, okay. And a few of us went into this house. And the only place we could park was outside it. And this was in rural Pennsylvania. So you could see the car from the road, but there was nowhere else to park. And taking the pictures in the house, I'm thinking, yeah, this, this feels off. And, and then the sheriffs turned up. And they, they were not friendly because they were like, look, you, you blatantly ignored the no trespassing signs. We're going to take you to jail. And we're like, okay, this isn't good. And in the end, it was okay. It was a fine, but it was still like $300. But the, 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 one of the cops really wanted to take us to jail to teach us a lesson. And I thought, and the other cop was fine. It was like a good cop, bad cop. And that's why I'm like, okay, just stay out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, so that's really been the only time that there's been an issue. I think being British, I can. I hope no, no cops are watching this, but it helps me get away with it a bit. <laughs> They're going to have a picture of me at the police station. I like, don't listen to this. Who knows what he's doing? Um, but no, I'm very lucky because I know a lot of people have had a lot of issue with the police. But then again, I think it depends on the place. Like if you're doing a power station, military grounds, government places. But if you're doing a house and a funeral home, you know, who really, who really cares? Um, you know, um, and, and a lot of the neighbors can be a bit funny. But I remember I did a funeral home in New Jersey and I couldn't get in, could not find a way into the funeral home. And there was just a guy, one of the neighbors walking around smoking. And there was a top window, and I said, look, I really want to get in here. And he, uh, and I gave him $10, and he, he gave me a leg up in the window. <laughs> but, you know, he was happy, and I was happy. Um, and I, please, get, please, please drove past that one, and they, they don't really mind. I think they have better things to yeah, do. Yeah, especially in New time. Jersey. Yep. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Before we get to the listener questions, I, I was curious, because obviously shows ghost story guys, and, and uh, you know, we typically talk about about spooky things and strange things and you've said in interviews yeah. that typically this is not this has not been an issue for you but you alluded to something that happened in a hospital in italy that was strange and i was uh, curious to hear that story i still get when you mention that i still get goosebumps thinking about it and and i'm not really a believer and and yeah the, the italian asylum so what happened uh, we, that's another video on my TikTok. We, we did uh, an asylum. It's based on the PlayStation game, um, Day of Light. And a lot of the asylums in Italy and Europe were notorious for mistreatment of patients. Um, you know, um, misguided treatments and, and just cruelty. And me and my friends, we were looking for a way into this asylum for two hours. It was like a fortress. 
I mean, it was really hard. They'd gone to town on keeping people out. But when you're in there, it was very secure, as in there was no holes in the roof. There were no open windows. It was very, very secure. Mm. And we did the patient rooms, and they all had typically um, bars on the window, no open windows, and metal beds. We're on the top floor. We did bedroom, 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 because you check each room. And as we left one room, we were literally in the next. And clear as day you know when it, it i don't know if you know what i mean you know when you know what a sound is made by clear as day we were five feet from the room we just come in and we heard what is the only explanation is a fist banging down on a bed frame five times very hard very aggressively you know you know what it is somebody hitting a bed and you were like okay and we, and we stopped and we looked back and we're like okay and we went back in the room there wasn't a bird. There wasn't, like I said, this place wasn't open to the elements. There was no birds. There was nothing that would have made the noise. We left and we thought, okay, we'll probably just go. We had just the longest walk back to the car and we just kind of agreed we just wouldn't <laughs> talk about it. But it was horrible. And it wasn't, you know, a lot of people could say, oh, maybe it was debris or a bird. There was nothing in this place. And for me to say that, because I, I've been in these funeral homes and everything, and I've never had an issue, that was terrifying. And it was, that was the only thing. It was, a, without doubt in my mind, it was a fist smacking down. And it wasn't like there were other people in there. There was nobody else in this place. We went back in the room. You know, these were cells designed for patients. This wasn't like anybody could do it and run off. So, yeah, I, I'm glad that we left. But what an experience. No kidding. I mean, for, to have it f happen five times too, I mean, that's, that's significant. Like you can say something dropped from a ceiling once, maybe twice, but five times in succession, that's, yeah, that's difficult to, to write yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. After this, I'll message my friend who was with me and I'll say, oh, do you remember that? And he'll, he'll just be like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's not uncommon with people who have weird experiences. You know, we're, we're pretty... I don't. I think agnostic is the wrong word, but we, you know, we, we obviously Paul and I believe in these things. We've had our own experiences, but not necessarily in the standard. You know, someone died here and their spirit remains, and, and so on and so forth. We, we just kind of like to say that you know the world is a lot stranger than we probably think. Correct, and I think there's a lot that we don't know. You know, and and people can have conversations and opinions, but we don't know anything really about the other side or what lays behind. Hopefully, we'll never know. I, that's exactly it. I, I'm certainly in no hurry to find out myself. <laughs> <laughs> the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. One more question just for me personally, sure. uh, again, before we get to the uh, the patron questions. Sure. Um, I, a while back, I saw a film called Castle Falls. Sure. Which was shot in the, which turned, pardon me, I should say, turned out to be shot in the Caraway Methodist Medical Center, which is an abandoned hospital in Alabama. And good, I love Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you been to, to uh, that particular hospital? 
I haven't been to that hospital, but I know of it. So I, I watched a, an Urbex video on YouTube of someone checking out this place, and they got a little bit freaked out, uh, not by anything paranormal, but it appeared to be that there was a group of men in there possibly stripping copper. Yes, scrappers. Scrappers, yeah. And, and I mean, that seems like a, a real possible danger, depending on the caliber of person you're running into stripping copper. Mm-hmm. Um, have mm-hmm. you ever had a moment like that where you thought, hmm, I don't know if I necessarily feel safe or I've run into, you've run into someone who doing that kind of thing in a, in a place. Yeah. Um, it happens a lot in the hospitals because they, they take the copper from the ceilings and the pipes. Um, I did a, a school. I mean, your schools are huge. And this was a high school in um, Connecticut. And I haven't done a video on it, but this place was ginormous. And it had everything left. Bumped into a couple of explorers there and they said, oh yeah, there's scrappers in here as we speak. Okay. And I, apparently some of them can be very aggressive and some of them, as long as you leave them alone, are okay. And I came across a guy and he was literally collecting the padlocks off all the lockers and putting them in a bucket, hundreds of them, hundreds upon hundreds. And I said, how much are you going to get for this? And he was like, $5 a padlock. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he, he walked up the hallway and I still remember he turned around to me and he said, just so you know, he said, if you follow me or you call the cops, he said, I'm going to stab you and leave you here to die. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm going to go up here and take some pictures. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the only experience that I ever had. Um, but I, I think in some of the big, big places I do hear there are some scrappers. Um, I mean, look, even the funeral homes. I went to one. Somebody came and they took all the caskets. You see all my videos. People comment, where's this? I want to take the caskets. They're, you know, two, four, five thousand dollars $5,000. It saved me buying one to, to be buried in. So I think it's opportunists as well. So, but that, that's the only experience I've had, but that was a big sight. You know, when you're going into uh, a funeral home, there's not really enough, but I always do when I go into a place, I always call out. The first thing I do, I call out and I say, if anyone's here, I'm just taking photographs. It's all good because I don't want to come around the corner and, and you know, bump into anybody. <laughs> yeah, continue. If you're doing your drug deals, I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm not interested in that. I just want my photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, before we let you go, um, I mean, we could keep talking to you for forever. I actually was shocked to see the 45 minutes had gone by. Um, <laughs> do you have a few minutes to answer some, some patron questions? Of course, of course. Perfect. So um, our patron, Rin, wants to know, what was the scariest thing you've experienced? I have to wonder uh, if being threatened with a stabbing might qualify, but tell me. Yeah, I mean, I did, a, I did a funeral home quite recently, actually. I mean, yeah, the, the scariest thing, obviously, the, the scrapper was, was bad. When you find human remains, that's pretty bad. But I did, um, I did a, I, I went to look at a funeral home recently in, in Florida, went in, in, and I thought this place is empty, went in, there was a woman asleep inside. And uh, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm just taking pictures, are you okay? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And, um, and then I, I, I kept looking and I was trying to find the prep room where with the, with the slab is my favorite thing. And I went in there and there was about four guys in there, like cooking, obviously drugs, meth, whatever. And, um, and I kind of stopped dead in my tracks and I thought, okay, slowly backing out. And, and one of these guys lets out like a massive kind of growling sound and, uh, and I literally, one of the only times I turned around, I just ran. I thought, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do a video oh, wow. here. Um, <laughs> a lot of people can say, you know, scary is in paranormal. Yeah, you know, you've got the Italian hospital. But I mean, 
uh, I, I have this saying, I think the dead, there's no reason to be afraid of the dead. It's the living that can hurt you. And, and that was an example. Um, I mean, I don't know what these guys would have done, but I'm, I, that was one I was glad I didn't stay for. <laughs> <laughs> Running was the right choice. Yeah, I, I had a friend that, that was checking out a funeral home for me in Alabama. And he was driving his van. And I still remember the voice note from him. He, he drove up to it. I think it was two o'clock in the morning. And he said this was like something out of a horror film. He just sees this black figure coming out towards the van, full pelt, you know, like the T-1000 oh, Terminator 2. And, and Eric said to me, he said, you know, this guy didn't know I wasn't in a van full of guys. This guy was running, and this guy was running to, to do something. And he said he just reversed it, and he hightailed it out of there. And he was looking in the rear view, and the guy was still running towards him. And he was like, dude, he said, I don't care if that's the best funeral home. I'm not going nope. back there. You know, and, and you think, who was this guy? You know, why running? What was he going to do? You know, it's funny. We think of empty these of the abandoned spaces as abandoned, right? Like, oh, they're, mm -hmm. you know, I can get up to whatever yeah. I want here. But there are a lot of other folks who get up to things yeah. that uh, require no uh, no witnesses <laughs> who also are aware of these spots. <laughs> I was I was in I was in Jasper in Alabama. Went to a house, looked amazing, like something out of American Horror Story. Was walking up. And I still remember this guy who's like six foot five, a big vest. And he had a shotgun and he came out and he said, can I help you? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing, you know, TikTok, at the abandoned house. I'm just waiting for a friend. And he took the shotgun out and he put it in his hands. And he said, okay, he said, maybe you well, you want to go and wait for your, because I obviously I didn't tell him that I was there for the house. I said, oh, I'm, I'm waiting. And he said, okay. And he said, Maybe you should go and wait somewhere else. And, and he gave me this menacing look. And then these two guys came out from the house. And I thought, okay. And, and I think it was like a trap house or something. Because there's no way they were living there. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I got back in the car. I remember I said to my friend, why did you send me here? <laughs> <laughs> that was a recommendation. Like, you're trying to get me killed. Something out of Breaking Bad. So, yeah, lots, lots of Alabama, you know, lots of these houses. You know, I think a lot of them can be used for that. Trap houses. You know, you have got to be careful. That's why if you do houses, I normally always like to do them after I know somebody's been for that specific reason. Because even like the outskirts of, you know, Mississippi and stuff, you see a house, you think, oh, that's definitely abandoned. Broken windows and everything. And somebody's living in there. And, and it's not like a, a trap house. It's just like a hermit who, who lives like that. You know, something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful. <laughs> so that sort of leads into my next question, which this may this may have already been answered then. Mm. Uh, this comes from Alyssa. She said, has there ever been a place that creeps you out in a something bad happened here kind of way? Not necessarily paranormal, just an eerie, bad feeling. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Steve Pennell house had a very, very bad feel to it. And that's before I oh, met the interesting. he told me. Um, a, lot of, a lot of places have a, a, do have a real feeling. And I, I remember I did a funeral home in um, the Carolinas, and that's gone now. It's the one on my TikTok with the white hearses outside the Rolls Royces. Oh, it took me a long time to get in there, and I, I cracked a rib getting in there, incidentally. <laughs> and I remember I was in there, and, uh, and I thought, you know what? I don't want to do this. I, it, I still remember it, I couldn't put my finger on it. I just had the worst feeling of dread in that place, and I thought, this is just, I've got to be really quick in here. 
And I, I could never put my finger on it. And I remember walking down the hallway towards the chapel of rest in the embalming room. And I, I thought, did I see something corner of my No, no, you didn't. Just, just do your video, do your video, do your pictures. And I got out of there and I could not wait to leave. It was just the worst feeling of dread. And then I found out, the family messaged me, that the owner um, had, had been found dead, uh, apparently by natural causes, in the embalming room. It had a heart attack, I think. And, um, and there was a room in there full of caskets. And his casket was in there that he was promised that he would have been buried in. And he wasn't buried in it. And the weird thing is, they'd like gone around and like nailed wood. They'd nailed wood to all the doors from the inside, apparently to stop his spirit escaping. And I thought, oh. But then I do remember being in there, and it, it was a horrible feeling of dread in there. I still remember it. I, I couldn't wait. Normally, when I'm in, in a funeral home, I'm like a child in a sweet shop. This one, I did not like. I remember that video, and I was wondering why they would want to keep his spirit there. That seemed strange. Yeah, I know. Apparently, he loved the funeral home. I think what's that? he wants to be there when he dies. They're the weirdest thing. Apparently, they yeah, they nailed the wood to keep him inside. It's the weirdest thing. But I had the family message me about that, and they said, yeah, it's true. So, I'm not sure what's stranger, that or the woman who had the breakdown and said the dead were coming back to life. Oh, the best funeral home, King's Dream. That's gone now, so I can, I can name that. Yeah, she... Um, she, I think she's still alive. She's in a, an institution now. She had a breakdown and said that the dead were apparently coming back to life. That was the one with the hearses and the pink casket. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that everybody said, oh, I, I bought the casket there. Like, no, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but that's all been cleared out now. That's going to be a drug rehabilitation center. Yeah, she, she said the dead were coming back to life. She had a breakdown and it sat empty for about six years. I think the IRS took it for non-payment of taxes and now I think it's been sold. But yeah, that was, um, that was the neighbors were really nice there. Um, but they said, yeah, she, she was just going mad. They don't know whether it was the chemical she was working with or it was just a mental illness, but that was, that was quite sinister as well. So, uh, and this, the next question we have from Caitlin is, is along similar lines. Was there a place that had, uh, you felt more story hanging in the air than any other? Um, more story as in, as in stuff to know what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. A place where you felt like there, the, the, this is really a lived in place. This was really like, it really gave you a sense of what it, what it had been. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess in all the places were like that, but I did a, I did a funeral home that, um, uh, was actually a family home as well upstairs. Um, and that, that was really weird because it had all the living quarters upstairs and it still had a newspaper of the owner's obituary on the on the dining table. And I thought, so you've read the newspaper from, I think, 2005. You put the newspaper down, you've locked the doors, you never come back. And I thought, that's really weird. Did you close the day that the owner's funeral was? And then it turned out that his was the last funeral that they had there. And apparently the family never wanted to go back. And they just locked it up one day and they left. That had, um, that had all the caskets, like 100 caskets in the outbuilding. It was amazing. That's really amazing. I have to put that video up. Um, and that, that interested me a lot because obviously I thought, well, you know, this isn't, you know, I couldn't figure out the dates and everything. And I had to do a lot of research for that. 
But I think it's fair to say that's with any place. You always want to find out a bit more about a story about what happened and whether that's the 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 hospital or the certificates or anything. You know, you always want to find out more. They've always got more stories to tell. Right. Okay. Uh, so next question, and this is actually something I would have asked earlier on, but I, I, I knew that Selena had, had put this here. So she said, this is a super practical question. How do you risk assess a place before entering? By that, I mean, how do I know it's not going, how do you know it's not going to collapse in some way? That's, that's a good question. Uh, I should, should actually do risk assessments. And the truth is, um, I, I wouldn't say I don't, but um, you generally, when you've been doing it long enough, you kind of figure out what to look for. You know, wheat floors, asbestos, or stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't really go into places that look like they're, well, I say that, but the mortuary I did really, you know, in Washington was literally falling down. Um, <laughs> you know what? I probably take more risks than I should. But at the same time, you've got to be sensible. And if you think something isn't worth a risk, then you don't leave. You know, no, no injury is worth a TikTok video or an Instagram post. Um, so I think you literally just play it by ear. You know, if you think the floors are weak, go around the outside, try and tread lightly. Um, you know, just play it by ear when you go in. But at the same time, um, never do a place at night. I don't do a place at night. Anyway, fear of homeless scrappers or that for a reason. And generally, just take your time. A lot of people will run into a place and they'll rush in and they'll fall down a hole. So just take your time, make sure you take a flashlight, make sure that you kind of go in daylight. And I think any hobby is going to have a risk. So you just got to uh, be as safe as possible. Always take a, uh, a couple of classes with you as well. First aid is really important. Do you let people know where you're going, Ben, or if you do them alone, or do you often team up and do them with a, with a partner for that precise reason? I don't really do them alone for that exact reason. Because if you go to a place and fall down a hole, how's anyone going to know where you are? Safety in numbers. So no, I generally always go with a friend for that specific reason. Uh, one of my friends, he goes at night on his own. Crazy. He goes in these funeral homes on his own at night. I think it could be anybody in there. He's like, no, it's fine. Um, but no, um, going back to that question earlier as well, that's always the thing. Make sure that people know where you are and don't go on your own because... You know, some of these places, you think you're in like rural. I, I remember doing a house in Georgia, and it was in the most rural part. And I almost got caught by the owner, but I didn't, luckily. <laughs> he caught me two minutes after I left the house. And I thought, you know, you could get taken from any of these places. Your phone thrown in a river. Nobody would ever see you again. So that's why safety in numbers is good. <laughs> just, to be, just to be on the safe side. All right, so next question comes from Jen, and uh, Jen wants to know, what's your take on the way urbex or urbex-adjacent things are portrayed in film? She says, for context, I saw 47 Meters Down 2, uh, which I do not recommend, she says. I actually quite like that movie, Jen. <laughs> but they explore yeah. and destroy a significant archaeological site in the film. And obviously, fiction film, but that is one of the ways that urbex mm -hmm. is portrayed. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, look, it's like that in the media. You know, if you read some of the comments and some of the articles, people think, oh, explorers, you know, trespassers, burglars, that kind of thing. And I think a lot of the issue is if you get, like, neighbours will come out. Oh, what are you doing in the house? We're taking photos. No, you're not. I'm going to call the police. You're stealing. I think that a lot of people don't understand what Urbex is. You know, it's documenting places by video or anything. And they think, oh, no, you're in here to steal or destroy a place or smash a place up. And I think 
there's not really enough of the real hobby shown in the media. Um, I haven't seen 47 Meters Down 2. I didn't even know there was a second one. I haven't even seen the first. It must have had a good uh, good um, audience to get a second one. But um, that's the issue. Like, for example, in that they destroy a site, whatever. And I think that's the problem. I think a lot of people think that, oh, they see a bunch of people going into a place. You know, they're up to no good. That house in, in Pennsylvania, uh, the police were called that we got caught at because people were using it to do meth. Um, so I think there's not really enough uh, understanding about what the hobby is. People don't understand it. I think, well, why do you want to take pictures of something? Well, because I want to document it. Yeah, but why? So I think that there's not really enough knowledge about the hobby, especially in the media, and people just kind of presume the, the, the worst of it. And it's a shame because there are people that will go and destroy things and take things and do this and that. And, and you, there's that saying, you know, the small number ruin it for everybody else. And unfortunately, that is true. Um, I don't feel if there was more, maybe maybe if there was a bit more understanding in the media, people would be a bit more open to it. But I still think, you know, my stepmother said to me, uh, the worst person, I said, you're the worst person. <laughs> um, if, I, if my neighbor died and I saw people climbing in the window, I would call the police. And I remember I said to her, you're the worst <laughs> person to say that, I hate, you know, as a joke. But it's, and, and she knows my hobby. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's just a generation thing as well. Last question that comes from Robin. And again, we may even have, have answered this, but she says, what's the most surprising thing you found in a location, something you never would have guessed was there? Uh, well, I think a lot of that comes back to, obviously, the, the stuff in the Paris morgue, you know, the brain, bones, um, the liver and lungs. The human ashes is always amazing. But that's actually a good question because I didn't cover this. After I did the Paris morgue, some reporters actually went um, and they um, – they said, oh, can we interview about the morgue? I said, yeah, okay. And, and they didn't really speak very good English. And, uh, and I did this kind of not really knowing interview about it. And they went. They, they found out where it was. They went. And, um, and they video called me. And they said, did you look in the white bucket in the basement? And, and there was brains in it and everything in there. And I said, no. And, and they showed me it. And they said, look, we cannot publish this. And they said, you can never publish this. And I said, okay. And it was a full term fetus in a white bucket in chemical. And, and I still got a picture on my phone and I was like, I'm glad I didn't see that. But I thought, why is that? That's, you know, um, and, and in the end, the place did get cleared out. Probably even though I didn't find that, that was there. And, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. I mean, I couldn't have posted that anyway. I would have got absolutely crucified on social media, and it would that was really disrespectful. But that is still at the same time something quite weirdly amazing. That how does that happen? I mean, you know, that's something else. And I can, yeah, that would have been a nightmare on social media. Oh my god, I probably would have been banned. I mean, I can't do lives on TikTok now. I'm banned from doing lives, which is really annoying. Why is that? Um, I, I did a live in the Spanish hospital. Um, and you know how it is when you do lives, you, you, you can't necessarily help what you're going to, what you're going to see. And, um, and I was filming the offices and I did the mortuary, did the offices and there was an adult magazine on the side from one of the offices and it wasn't even open. It was just on the cover. And, and I literally scanned it and I said, oh, if anybody's lost a magazine, it's here, <laughs> you know, making a joke. Literally, I scanned over the cover. And yeah, the covers, unfortunately, I, I, I'm joking, but they don't show anything. You can just tell it's, you know, Playboy or whatever. And the light got suspended. And they're like, 
somebody's reported it for for you know graphic material and and i appealed and i said look i've never had a warning i've never had this happen i'll make sure i'm more careful but when you're doing a live you can't always help this kind of thing and tiktok were just like no 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 that's it and i thought wait you don't even get a warning it's like a one strike and and that was really annoying because you go on tiktok now and you'll see some some people advertising some services should we say and that sort of thing and i think well mm -hmm. hang on, that's allowed but but mine isn't and i thought you know i've got quite a big account on there so i would like to be reinstated on that because i really like doing those but yes that was very annoying yeah that would i i've heard so many stories uh about that my um there was uh there's a podcast to listen to and they, they they do the news essentially they they cover the news and they'll play clips and they'll talk about the clips mm -hmm. and they were talking about some anti-vaccine idiot and yeah. they were poking holes in his argument and their channel was suspended for spreading vaccine misinformation despite the really? fact that they were talking about this guy they were covering the clip and this was on tiktok no this was on youtube no warning there was the there was no, really no appeals process they yeah. um well this is how it was with tiktok I, I and i thought fair enough give me a warning now if i try and go live it says you cannot go live due to multiple violations and i'm thinking it was one time you know like give me a break at least give me a warning yeah that's insane yeah it happened to me three years ago and we were talking about a specific hotel in uh, in wisconsin and it's a very well-known hotel, and it's it's used by the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team to host the away team. And a lot of players won't stay in it because it's haunted. And so we were talking about this hotel. And then I just got an email saying, we've, we've taken it down for uh, illegal content. And I was like, what? Because, you know, I've, I've done, I don't know, 270 interviews by this point, Ben. And... Um, we have the occasional swear word, as, as happens in a conversation, but nothing explicit or anything. And the only thing I could work out was it, this name of a hotel, if you were really stupid or just an algorithm, you would assume it might be talking about a certain sexual reference. Um, but it's not. It's a well-known hotel. It's what it's called. You can't call it something else. So I removed any mention of it and they allowed it. So I can only assume that they have some kind of system that picks up offensive terms or, or sexual connotation. And even I, I tried explaining it, nothing. They upheld it and I've had a strike ever since. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I've seen some things on TikTok about people oh. advertising services, should we say, subscription-based. Um, and I think, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> that's allowed, you know, and, and that is frustrating, but uh, what can you do? Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, this has been a blast. I'm, I'm sure we could talk a lot longer. Where can everyone find you online? Uh, so just Instagram and, uh, and TikTok. So it's just places underscore forgotten. I do have YouTube, but to be honest, I never use it. So stay away from it. You're very disappointed. Um, but yeah, just on, just on those. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys yeah. having me on. Our pleasure, Ben. Thank you. Thank Again, you. our guest has been Ben James of Places Forgotten. You will find links to all his social media in the show notes. Make sure to check him out, folks. Welcome back. Thanks again to Ben James for hanging out with us. Don't forget to check out Ben's TikTok and Instagram accounts, both as Places underscore Forgotten. We'll have a link to those in the show notes. All right, my friend, where can everyone find you online? 
You can find me under either Paul Bestall on Instagram or Mysteries and Monsters across all social media networks and podcast platforms. Lovely. I'm on Instagram, he said, question mark. Yes. Instagram. <laughs> I can't think about it, Paul. Yikes. I'm on Instagram. It's all those brains in buckets. It's got to you. I'm telling you. I'm on Instagram threads, blue sky and letterboxed as largely the truth. You can find my other show weird together on podcast platforms everywhere. And that is a look at the latest and greatest in independent horror through a sociological lens. It is both, it is both less and more nerdy than it sounds. And that is co-hosted of course, with Dr. Joseph Camo. All right. We have a musical guest on this episode. Uh, she is a past musical guest. She is Tracy Barnett with her latest track, Everything is Changing. You can find more of Tracy's stuff on streaming platforms everywhere, and we'll put a link in the show notes where you can find more from her. Paul, this is weird. This is an episode where we actually haven't had much, like we, we've talked a lot off air, but we haven't talked much on the show. No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it makes a nice change, but uh, I'm sure we'll be back to normal soon. I have no doubt. All right, folks. Well, thank you as always for joining us, and we will leave you with Tracy Barnett and everything is changing. Seems different